All right. Hello, everyone, to another episode of, I guess this is going to be Unverified Accounts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm your host for today, uh, Adam, and I'm here with uh, Philip. Hey, what's up? And Eliza. Yay. Hi, everyone. I guess you're hey, filling everybody. in for uh, Chris because usually he's the one hosting uh, UA <laughs> That's right. episodes, That's right? Um, it's been a while, actually, since I think I've been the host, but it's yeah. uh, it's good. Um, but yeah, so uh, we we wanted to actually um, talk about the the new Pixar movie that has just uh, been released on Disney Plus mm-hmm. called Turning Red. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, this is a, a really interesting movie. There's been a little bit of a controversy because of um, <laughs> a, a white dude's review of the movie. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll touch on that a bit. But I think we want to really focus on just talking about the movie itself and our thoughts on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so did Eliza or Philip, did you guys want to do just like a, a quick summary of what the movie is? Well, go ahead, Philip. Yeah, sure. I mean, so this is, I mean, do, do you, the two of you think of um, Asian American movies as being a genre now? Right, like it, it kind, kind of feels like yeah, kind of. I would yeah. Say so yeah, this is very much so an Asian American movie. It's a Pixar Pixar film. Um, it's animated um, 3D. Uh, you know, notably led by Domi Shi, who's a director at uh, Pixar. She's known for winning Oscar uh, for best short for Bao um, several years back. That's right, a, a great uh, short film as well. She's from Toronto, um, and you know has a love for the city. And so it's, it's about a, a Asian girl growing up in Toronto in 2002, um, and basically going through puberty. Right, the whole thing is a big allegory for puberty um girls puberty girls specifically girls puberty i think it's interesting we're gonna you know have two guys' opinion on this as well mm-hmm. um and you know the, the whole thing is that when she when she because she's going through puberty she unlocks some ancient family curse or whatever it is you know that that causes her to yeah. turn into a red panda and then the whole movie revolves around her trying to like battle that as well as trying to get go to a a, a boy band um <laughs> pop concert um, for a band called Four Town. For Four Town. Which is pretty funny. The, mu- the music is done by Billie Eilish and her brother, I guess, yeah. what, Phineas O'Connell. Yeah, yeah. It's catchy. It's catchy tune. It's, stuck it's my like head a today. nod to the early 2000s it boy is, bands. It is, yeah. Right? Exactly. Like NSYNC. Yeah, NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, 98 Degrees, you know. So. Yeah, no, O-T- I, O-Town, I got 98 probably. Degrees O-Town. immediately from the music. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so that's 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 the gist of it, and there's going to be some light spoilers in this, so you can kind of you know, you, you've been warned, but it's it's on Disney Plus, so folks can check it out pretty easily. Um, nothing surprising, I don't think, from, in terms of spoilers. I was really surprised when I started watching it with the kids, and um, I had no idea that it was like a allegory for a girl getting her period. Mm. Yes, yes. Y- you weren't following this this like the development of this movie, Liza, right? Like over the last year and a half. No, you guys, uh, so I just waited for the movie to come out. And okay. then when it came out on Disney, I watched it. And then you guys told me about the controversy. I wasn't. Okay. Yeah. So you didn't see the trailer. You didn't. Was cause it privy? Because I think it was like, it was kind of made clear, like in the trailers that it was, that was what it was about. But I know. never even saw a trailer weirdly. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, did you, did your kids understand that aspect of it? Cause you know, it's, it's Pixar, right? It's still a kid's movie. Super on the nose. I mean, she like gets up and she, one morning she gets up and she goes to the bathroom and has a big shock and she's a red panda. And then the mom comes in with like, you know, the ibuprofen and like pads, like whole box of different kinds of, uh, like a variety of pads. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, it's. But, Not but what subtle. I, but what I mean, I mean, yeah, it's kind of obvious, but I'm saying like, did your kids, you know, your kids are younger, right? Like, did they mm-hmm. really care for that? Was it for, to them? Was it just, you know, because I think one thing you said is that your kid said was that it's like the the Incredible Hulk, but as an Asian girl. Yeah, they, they, you know? it was like a combination. Well, Mikey, my oldest, said that it reminded him of Carrie. Mm. And then. <laughs> that, that was, see, I, how, can you explain that? Because I can get the Hulk thing, obviously, like a human. Probably because it's the only movie that I can really think of that's like famous and has to do with um, a girl getting her period, like female puberty. That's, I guess, Carrie and is. And like the yeah. whole, like the turning red and then like the famous scene in Carrie at the prom where she gets covered well, in red. That's right. Because mm-hmm. they, yeah. And then there's like the, um, the strained mother daughter relationship. R- true. Yeah. But Carrie's like a horror movie. Right? Yeah, I yeah. mean, she goes to like murder people. I mean, I think he was just referring to the period thing. Okay. That, that, I, yeah, I, okay, I that even makes tried. Some sense. And I was like, <laughs> I can't think of another movie that deals with a girl getting her period that's like mainstream. 
Yeah, but I think the right. thing that's shocking, Adam, maybe is that your young kids are like watching Carrie, you know, and you <laughs> said, I think you told us that like their favorite, <laughs> one of their favorite series is the Conjuring series, which sounds like too scary for me. Yeah, uh, they're, they're, they're tougher than I am because I am not a horror, <laughs> horror yeah. movie person. Because I think the they've fact been that, begging me to watch The Exorcist, and I was like, I draw the oh, line man. at that one. That yeah, one. that, that wow. goes a little bit. Yeah. Well, we're Catholic, so it's going gonna, it's gonna to scare them forever. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, the little ones compared it to Incredible Hulk, which. Yeah. I think it's pretty obvious that one. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But uh, the, the reason I'm asking about like your kids and their reaction to the allegory around menstruation is because that that aspect of it was was like I don't want to call it emotional, but like for me as a male viewer, it was it was a a pointed part of the movie, right? Like it made yeah. me kind of like I watched it and it was emotional like seeing what May was going like the main character May was going through. Right. And her, her crying and weeping and like her mood swings and all that stuff. Because like, you know, I know women, I, you know, my wife, right. And, and, you know, when, what she's, you know, been through with, you with, have like uh, a mom and like siblings. Yeah. And, and so <laughs> you, you, as a guy who's never been through it, you watch this sure. and you're like, you understand it because of how, how well it's portrayed, I think, even if it is through this red panda metaphor. Right. So I don't know if your kids got it at that I level. Think that they just but. go with it. Okay. Okay. But I mean, I think that's the, like. But that's a. I mean, it's a good question because it's kind of like for yeah. someone who's a grown up and would probably reflect on these things. Like, what's the equivalent? Would it be like, um, would it be like Pixar making a movie about like a little boy who gets like his first morning wood? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. And, and honestly, is that, is that, is though, that what I Pinocchio is about? No, no. It's not. Okay. <laughs> right, and he lies about it and just gets worse. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, I, I honestly like. I feel like there are lots of sort of coming of age male movies maybe in the 80s that are maybe a little less well known and not sort of like um pixar or whatever or or because they weren't mm-hmm. in the age of social media mm-hmm. there are a lot of scenes sort of in those movies about like sort all of the vampire being movies yeah but they're like people like dudes being embarrassed because they can't like control it or whatever mm-hmm. and like there are scenes like that so like mm-hmm. i don't think it's sort of outside the i don't think it's so weird to have a movie that concentrates on the on women's issues or like a, a coming of age girls issue which is getting your first period right mm-hmm. um so like yeah like there's sort of like, you can empathize with it right I, I sort of i'm agreeing with with what philip's saying right it's like obviously uh, we're dudes we don't physically have experience with it but we can empathize mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um so it's like it's not so hard yeah, uh, but it seems hard for some people. <laughs> get, get, getting more into how your kids uh, reacted to it, because again, it's a kids' film, so I, w- I want to hear more about this. Um, mm-hmm. did, you said they watched it twice in a row, like they watched it, and then when it ended, they put it back on again. Yeah, well, they watched it first. Um, I didn't realize it, but my youngest one, my daughter, who's in first grade, um, marketing works because she said that she's had it on her calendar. Oh for my like God. Oh, wow. Okay. A few weeks. And she's just been counting down the days till Turning Aww. Red comes out. So okay, they watched it and they enjoyed it. And then, like, I came in the room and they were just like, Do you want to watch it with us? So I said, Okay. And then they just started it again. So we watched it together. Oh, so you watched it on the second run. You didn't, like, mm-hmm. leave the room as they played it the second I watched time, it on like, the second run because they wanted me to see it. Oh, wow. And they, they enjoyed it just as much. So, like, that's kind of like, mm-hmm. I understand, like, when kids watch something over and over again, it's because they're. They be- they become kind of slightly obsessive over it because of some like a moment in it or something specific in it they want to relive. Like, what was it about this movie? Is it is it? Be- I mean, this is what I'm trying to draw here. Is it is it because they're, they're Asian American? Like, did they get that connection at all? Oh, they don't care about that. They're so used to um, Asian representation. Mm-hmm. That, okay, like, so that not, doesn't yeah. cross like having Asian representation on screen or um, in any kind of media like music or books. That doesn't yeah. mean anything to them because yeah. they're just so used to it. Okay. Yeah. That's the and, norm. And your kids are incredibly precocious about shit like that, right? Because like they, they understand, I mean, like Filipino Americans, what they, what, you know, the kind of like cultural um, you know, things that you guys experience and go through mm-hmm. is very different from like Cantonese, Chinese, Canadian. It's just specifically what this is. It's specifically like that generation of Chinese Canadians, like the ones that I grew up with mm-hmm. um, that's being represented in Turning Red. And so maybe that doesn't necessarily do it for them. So it wasn't about the Asianness of the movie that no, your kids not liked, at all. right? What was it then? I would say it's I don't know. I mean, they do this with a lot of movies. They did this with Luca. They yeah. did this with Conjuring Two. Um, <laughs> what's another Mitchell's versus the Machines? They yeah. love that one too. They that watch that over one. and over again. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's just vibes. They just they just like them. 
Maybe when they it. saw um, when they saw Soul for the first time, yeah. they were just kind of they kind of shrugged it off, and, and I don't think any of them ever watched it again. So that was one that I I could tell that they maybe just, they uh, maybe they, they pre- didn't dislike it, but they were just like, eh. maybe okay. they prefer uh, Billy Eilish's music. It wasn't, music it wasn't over, for them. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe they prefer Billy Eilish's mu- uh, music over um, Trent Reznor, but <laughs> no, because they really do like the soundtrack from Soul. Oh, okay. Yeah. From Soul. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So it wasn't, it wasn't they liked the music. the music, but they didn't like the movie that much. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. Cause like with Pixar, right? Like a lot of what they do well is, you know, character design, um, obviously the writing and so on, mm-hmm. right? Always, it's all about pulling at the heartstrings. I don't know if kids react to that in the same way that, that uh, adults do, like to the story and the emotional capture of it. But I did ask them why they watch certain movies over and over again, and they just couldn't tell me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, uh, so they like, just said, compa- I don't know, just do sometimes, just in the well, mood for it. Comparing like um, turning red to soul, right? Those, I, I think they're those are pretty from a vibes perspective or an energy perspective. They're very one different. is boring. One yeah, is boring like, for kids, and then yeah, soul turning is very red is more. Sub- the pacing is much better for younger children. Right. Yeah. Like soul is very subdued. Mm-hmm. I, I think, mm-hmm. uh, and turning red has super high energy for like most of the movie. Um, so I could totally see a certain like most kids just sort and of walking into turning red more. And they can see themselves in the characters. Yeah. I don't think right. that they saw themselves in Soul. Well, Soul was sort of like the main character was an older person, right? Mm-hmm. And then the other characters were like blobs. Right, <laughs> they're not even humans. So they but weren't even like human. Not even, they're not even like supposed to be. So I don't. Right. Yeah, but the themes were more adult, right? The theme of Soul were, is yeah. about like doing what you love, you're pursuing a career that you love, versus. In turning red where it's about being a high schooler and and you know it wasn't just about the administration I and think the, it was middle the school puberty even. it was, it was middle school. school yeah it was, like yes. eight, yeah, it was right? middle school that's right it, so it was, yeah. it's much closer to their to their age but it was also about like the other big so there's two big themes right the first theme is puberty the other big um theme or story is around like her relationship with her culture and her mom in particular mm-hmm. her parents right um and some level of intergenerational trauma if you want to call it that um in her family too so, and I, I don't know, that's, that's, that's why at the beginning I asked you guys, you think that the whole Asian American movie thing is it supposed to be an intergenerational genre? trauma um, theme or is it just like every other kid's movie where there's just going to be a conflict between the generations, between the parent and the child? I mean, that's like... I think it was intergenerational, right? Because it was like, like we don't literally... call it Home Alone intergenerational trauma. No, but this right, one, this right. one was because it, it was like you know the whole curse or whatever started from some crazy ancestor, yeah. and they had the three generations: the grandma, the mom, and the daughter. And the daughter was the one who was able right. to like break the cycle or whatever. And all the but, aunties too, right? All yeah, the aunties, all the aunties were, were going yeah. through it and so on. And and it's very. And this is not a spoiler. This is very obvious. Once you see them come in, you're like, okay, I know what's going on here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. that's kind of what I meant by like the Asian American genre. And this is at the end of our notes, but like maybe I can bring it up now. That the idea that um. You know, in Asian American movies, oftentimes the antagonist is like your parents, like the parents of the character or, you know, the ancestors of the character, right? Mm-hmm. Like think about even like fucking Shang-Chi, right? Think about, um, you know, uh, yeah, Crazy well, Rich Asians, it, right? Yeah. yeah. So, and, and likewise here, it's like the mom is kind of the, the, <clears throat> the foil or the antagonist to some extent. Like literally she becomes a big baddie, right? The big bad guy that uh, May has to overcome in the climax of the movie. So, I don't know if that stuff resonates with, with kids in the same way. Like, again, Liza, maybe it's just like the vibes, like the, the cute character design and the fun music and all that stuff. But I mean, they would definitely wouldn't use any of that language. Right. Yeah, right. yeah, maybe. I don't know, maybe your kids would. <laughs> but <laughs> they listen to the pod and stuff, right? So, they, they kind of get it. Um, anyway, it, this is just interesting to hear, right? Because end of the day, this is still, I think this is still a kid's film. It's supposed, it's, it is I, a kid's film. Yeah. Even this though is very... on, on, I have to say on, on TikTok, like in the last couple of days, just tons of TikToks of like, uh, second gen, uh, Asian American women, like crying, like filming themselves crying, <laughs> watching, uh, turning red, which I totally understand. Like, it's not, you know, I totally get it. Right. But it's, it's a kid's film. But it's like, not that deep. <laughs> Yeah, it's it, well. It's, it's not if you, if you boil it down to the major themes of the quote unquote Asian American movie. It's not that you're right. It's not that deep, right? We've seen this before. We've heard this before. Um, I don't think that makes it a bad movie. Like I enjoyed it, right? No, but, I, yeah, I like it. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, but it's nothing new. It's not an alternative to the stories we've seen before. I think coming out of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
But in general, did you guys enjoy the movie? I mean, I think that's sort of just I want to make sure that we I was we, surprised we at how that. much I enjoyed the movie. You were, you surprised. were surprised. Why? Mm-hmm. Uh, Pixar hasn't really done it for me uh, in, yeah. in its most recent. Um, like, I didn't. Luca was okay, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, what else did, like, did it put did out? Did you like Soul? Do you like Soul? I liked Soul. Yeah. I you liked it. It's not that, one I of think, my yeah. favorites, but it doesn't hit, it doesn't hit as high as like right. Wally or like uh, <clears throat> Up, you know, the early, mm-hmm. right. early Pixar or like Inside Out. Yeah. Um, they Which did this Encanto one is kind of too, similar right? to. This one, mm-hmm. oh, Encanto was, that was pretty boring, I'll be honest. I didn't like Encanto. I don't know why. <sighs> I thought it was it, boring it just was too. Bad. Then there was uh, something about the moon. Which one was that one again? Uh, the K-pop was, one. Oh yes. Um, what? Yeah, about the the moon spirit. It's another thing, Asian American right? one. Yeah, that, came um, out. that was good, but didn't really get too much attention. Yeah, that was a Pixar um, movie. What? I don't was know that if it Pixar? was Pixar. It, it I, was another anime movie. I don't know if it was a Pixar movie. There's also okay. the Jackie no, Chan produced one too, but I'm not sure if that one is Pixar. Probably not. He probably did it for some Chinese. Uh, I was well. Encanto is not Pixar either. <laughs> Oh, it's not. Okay. Yeah. No, uh, Soul and Luca are uh, onward. I think uh, onward, Soul, Luca, and Turning Red. So Turning Red's with the last um, Pixar. Okay, movie. so of the recent I would put Pixar's, it on par you... with Onward. Okay, it's better than Luca. But yeah. you, but you, you, you enjoyed it, even though like the last bunch of ones were like kind of eh, not the best. I'm. I feel like I've been waiting for another up. You know. Mm-hmm. I I really enjoyed Coco. I thought that was sort of the best one in the last. 10 years or so. When is but, it Disney and when is it Pixar? I'm very I'm not confused. sure. I'm just going off when, the Which well, one is D- which? Disney owns Pixar. Pixar is a studio that puts out specifically 3D animated movies, right? Um, I think with their own team of writers and animators and so on. So, uh, but, but that's a good question. Like if there's an animated movie and it's not made by the Pixar studio, I guess it's, that's a Disney. Yeah, that'd be Disney movie. then. Yeah. So. Yeah, which I guess they don't tend to have the same kind of magic that Pixar does, right? From like a technology, like a, a you know, a visuals level. And also generally Pixar writing is like top-notch shit. Mm-hmm. So, so what was it about this, like this movie, Eliza, that made it stand out? This Pixar movie? It was the period thing. I was okay. impressed that they went there, you know? Pixar yeah. is so good. Surprised they went there, but actually like... I'm not sure why I'm surprised. I mean, Pixar has touched on a lot of hard topics in the past. Like they, they've dealt with death very well. Mm-hmm. Um, they've dealt with. That's right. They do do that. Like mental health, like an inside out. Mm-hmm. So they're really right. good at picking, picking topics that might be difficult to picking concepts and themes that other people might not want to touch. So. Yeah. Is it, is it because it's like a particularly, you know, female oriented theme i think so i think that was the big surprise for me because often we see like um if it's a girl centered story often it is like uh it's never about puberty girls puberty i swear i think is yuckier for a lot of people than boys puberty so it's the yuckiness factor you're saying i do think that yeah people yeah yeah, like i i I just the minute it came out that it was like a period allegory I just was like, oh, let's go with this. I want to see where this goes. I'm curious how okay. this all wraps up in the end because um, I'm surprised that someone would make a movie just for kids, not one of those like fake kids movies like Soul, but like simply targeted at kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, it touches the yuckiest puberty thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. The yuckiest puberty uh topic no one ever wants to talk about it like even i don't even think girls like to talk about it with each other that much mm-hmm. yeah that did definitely it, did they do a good job in your mind i'm guessing yes yeah right? i thought they did mm-hmm. okay. yeah i honestly don't think they really touched on it that often right i mean i think they did in that one part when she first turned into the panda mm-hmm. and then some scenes were like her mom it's the catalyst alert. for everything yeah else. it's the catalyst but like they didn't like there was that, you know, she, her, her mom sort of came to the school and like very embarrassing. It was like stalking <laughs> her and like, and, you know, and then like ran out, you know, ran and then like showed the, the pad, the, the box of pads, which was, I, I could just imagine how horrifyingly embarrassing that would be for <laughs> a 13 year old girl, like for her mom to do that. Yeah. Um, but, but, but like, other than that, like it, 
you know, a lot of it was just sort of subsumed in the second half of the movie for the well, panda stuff. Well, I feel like for girls, there's a before the period and then after the period life. Yeah, probably. Because you're just considered <laughs> I mean, like the, probably, once yeah. once you get like that first like drop, it's you're like woman, you're a woman. Right? You can right, have right. a baby. Yeah. Yeah, Mazatov. Um <laughs> <laughs> And that was a big part though, right? Like I think Maylin like talked about that a lot. She's like, mm-hmm. going to this concert means I'm a woman. Like we're mm-hmm. gonna go in girls, we're gonna come out women. That's what that was a line, right? She yeah. she enters so. the after. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think it's also about like um trying to to be okay with that transition and, and also yeah. liking yourself after that transition, which I think right. is not the case for a lot of people because it's a very rocky time. And again, this is like from a male perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because a lot of it is about, you know, like this is the big spoiler, right? But like she ends up staying, like keeping the panda, keeping the part of her that was coming out going, while she was going through puberty because she liked it. Um, and I think in large part because like her, you know, like when there was one scene where her dad was like watching her video of her goofing off as a red panda mm-hmm. with her friends and she, he was like, hey, this is like really you and it seems fun and maybe you want to keep it. And he even hinted that to um, his, uh, his wife, the May's mom, right? Um, Sandra O. Oh. Yeah, Sandra mm-hmm. O. Oh. Um, so there, there, there's that part of it too that I thought was kind of well treated in this movie. The red panda part, I think, is the hormonal change, which a lot mm-hmm. of young girls have no idea how to deal with that. They don't know how to temper those kinds of fluctuations, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which are huge. I mean, you just, if you've never had them before, y- you feel crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, grown women will sometimes feel crazy still. Yeah. With those hormones. Yeah. And I think they did a good job sort of animating yeah. that stuff. So, so Liza, was that like cathartic to see that portrayed, you know, in this kind of goofy animated um, story here? I thought it was very sweet, which is not something I ever thought I would say about <laughs> anyone attempting to make um, a period movie. Yeah. <laughs> a period, period movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I mean, because they're, they're often not fun, nor are they funny. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Like Carrie, and then I guess in books, in literature, I think the most famous period book for me is um, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, mm. which is um, very fraught and uh, not funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, something to be said maybe about like, I don't know, and I don't know who, who wrote or directed Carrie, but um, Maybe you do, Eliza. But the fact that they, they chose, you know, a female director, female lead on this movie. Um, mm-hmm. And and I don't know, like, I think a lot of it was kind of like uh, created by Domi Shi. Like, she probably conceived of the idea and, and ran through with it, right? But that she was the one at the helm. And her, her co-writer, I forgot her name, but was also um, Asian-American. Um, I Brian think that's... De Palma directed Carrie. Okay. So, a guy directed it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, maybe it wouldn't be treated. Same guy that directed Scarface for our listeners. Ah, interesting. There you go. Um, yeah. You can imagine a, a, a guy taking the topic of, um, you know, puberty, menstruation, whatever, and doing a very yeah. different job than if a, a woman did it. So, anyway. <laughs> so much blood. Yeah. As much as we should. I, <laughs> and it's yeah, like you know pig's what? It makes blood. Sense. It's like- it makes sense that a dude directed Carrie now. <laughs> <laughs> With yeah. pig's blood. Yeah. yeah. And murder. <laughs> So anyway, as much as we shit on representation, you know, you can you can see that it it can pay off if you if you give that power to the right person. I think also the other notable thing here is Domi Shi is the first female director of a Pixar film, I think, ever. Really? I I I'm looking at this list now. Um, no, Brave was co-directed by okay. a woman. Okay. I think it was like first solo directed. We don't, there's maybe solo. doesn't count yeah. as a as a short. Short is a short. Yeah, it's a short. Okay, so yeah. not a, so it has to be a feature. Feature film. Yeah, oh. yeah. That's a little milestone there. Yeah. What about Raya? Or was that Disney and not Raya's Pixar? Disney, not Disney, Pixar. Not Pixar. See, I this, I can't yeah, tell the go. difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, this I think a, yeah, I it has to be. Go ahead. No, I'm saying I think it, like you were saying earlier, Philip. It has to be that like. Pixar is a separate studio owned by Disney, and you mm-hmm. have to sort of be in that studio. It's sort of like a game studio, like Microsoft owns a lot of gaming studios. Mm-hmm. Like um, Pixar is one of the animation studios. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. the milestone here was that she was the first, I guess, the first solo d- director, female <laughs> right. director <laughs> of a Pixar feature film. That's the you know Got Asian it. American I'm, milestone. Or but I mean, I'm just I'm looking at the list here, and the only other female director is Brenda K- Chapman, who did Brave, and she was a co-director. But there's only two in this list. Yep, that's right. 
of 25 movies. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, that is a milestone. Hey, and look, like Pixar has had a lot of bad shit, you know, reviewed about them as part of Me Too and so on yeah. in the last, you know, uh, X years. So, there's no wonder that they're doing stuff like this. I'm not saying they're just doing to patch it up, but certainly as a reaction, perhaps to, you know, try to do a better job of um, uh, representation, sharing power, et cetera, right? So, th- there's more to it than just their, you know, them being a progressive studio making progressive stories, I think. There's, there's also that aspect to it, too. I shit on representation when it's for adults. But I can see the positive effects on right. kids, you know, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. like I would say that a, po- a huge positive is that kids my age, it's representation is it's so normalized for them that it's not even a thing. It never crosses their mind that like, wow, there's Asian people on screen or there's yeah. Asian representation on screen doesn't ever cross their mind. Wasn't that kind of the point of the yeah. whole representation mm-hmm. thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it seems like they've done, you know, that it's worked at least for your your kids and maybe- the kids that you, the your saturation, kids sort of, yeah, yeah, that your kids are sort of <clears throat> grow up around. Um, mm-hmm. So I see that as a win. I, I just find it funny as well that like you know we don't have to speak too much about the, rep- the the that bad review, but I just found it funny that basically the gist of his review is that like I wasn't seen in this movie, so I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. And um, I'm like, well, then I guess representation matters, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right? just, so I, mean, I just found that hilarious. Yeah, for context, um, he's so. uh, and this is very easy to look up. I just look up whatever. Red, I thought it was deleted review. though. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's the, it's re- the internet, baby. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's somewhere in on archive dot whatever, right? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. So this is like we're talking about like a middle aged white guy who was writing for Cinema Blend and he put this thing out and he was forced to. I, I don't know if he should have been forced to, you know, re- retract it, redact it, whatever. Um, you know, I think it should be should probably be left there. Here's the you know, internet archive link. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's something that, that needs to be kind of talked about, right? Memorialized maybe. Uh, but he definitely got destroyed, rightfully so, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, people saying shit like, oh, you know, I was like never, um, you know, I, 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 I didn't grow up as a monster who worked in a monster factory. So, I just couldn't relate to Monster <laughs> Inc. No, shit like that because it was just a stupid thing to say, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know how he didn't, he didn't realize he would be immediately canceled for saying that kind of shit. Um but it, 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 he did. And I, I, in general, kind of agree with the people trashing him in this case. Um, mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, me too. It was just dumb, right? And he seemed weirdly fixated on the fact that, like, this movie was, quote unquote, ripping off Teen Wolf. So, you know, I'm like, okay, yeah, what? I guess there's similarities. <laughs> okay. But he's like, yeah, you're right. I didn't think about that. In the that review, one he says complete sequences are lifted directly from that movie. And I'm like, really? Well, here's the thing. The fact that the he made... The basketball thing? Well, with dodgeball? With dodgeball? Yeah. yeah. Maybe? Yeah, I don't know. Well, that's and the like thing. Her... Like, he, he probably made some good points in his review, but the fact that he made this overall statement about it and got, got himself canceled means people aren't going to be able to read that and, and, you know, engage with that critique, that valid critique maybe about... I don't know. Um, I, I, I called it out because I just think it's a little weird. Like, he doesn't just make it once. He makes it like three or four times. So it's a little mm-hmm. obsessive, and like yeah, maybe maybe there's some complex that he has where that was his favorite <laughs> yeah. movie, and uh, he was I don't know. He's upset. mad that somebody. Else. <laughs> yeah, so like, it was just weird, you know. I- <laughs> yeah, it's, it's your it's your first time in the unverified accounts rodeo, Adam. But we we shit on critics all the time, so no, this I'm, is hey, this is nothing new. This I'm all for it. Like this yeah. guy's a like this guy's a, a, a hack. Like he he loves Uncharted. Like that new movie that came out. What? Okay. Um, I want yeah. to see that. So, like at the bad? bottom of his. Let, the us bottom, ki- let us know what your kids think of it. If they play the video games, I'd be curious to hear what they think. Okay. Hmm. It's, you're talking about the one with uh, Tom Holland, right? Yeah, That's right. and Mark yeah. Wahlberg. And, yeah. yeah. Okay. I want to see that. So, um, don't it's, give me an opinion because it'll. Okay. But anyway, I just feel like. I just this realized guy does I asked for one best, but uh, without actually wanting to hear it. But okay. Sorry. <clears throat> <laughs> um, anyway, maybe this is a, a good transition into the little rant I was preparing about turning yes. red. And I think a, a kind of third aspect or third theme of the movie, which isn't really a theme, <laughs> but rather something that was a big part of the movie was um, the the setting, um, which is uh, Toronto in the year t- uh, 2002. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is significant for people who are Canadian or specifically from Toronto, like myself, um, because I think the representation of Toronto for me, it was actually a bigger deal than the representation of an Asian American 
uh, in the movie. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, because we have shows this big- you how un- underrepresented one of them is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think they both are, but Toronto especially because it's it's this it's the city that's like constantly being used. You know, because we have a huge film industry here. Um, mm-hmm. where American studios come up and film for cheap, you know, on our streets and in our, our, our studio, like 3D studios and stuff and our sets. Um, but we're never shown as the actual city itself where mm-hmm. in this movie, you know, it was shown like loud and proud, right? Like it was a huge part of, um, the movie was that. And I, th- I, I wanted to kind of dovetail this off of the guy's review because I think part of the guy's statement, he made some statement. I'm not going to try to quote it because I don't have it here in front of me, but he made a statement about how like, oh, unless you're like a teen girl, an Asian girl who grew up in Toronto in, in the 2000, early 2000s, you wouldn't relate to this. I felt like that like reaction <laughs> he had was as much so about like it being about this like Asian American female identity as it was about being about this like small Canadian city or in, in his American mind, a small Canadian city that he can't relate to. Right, because he's used to seeing movies in fucking LA and New York City and these places that Toronto's often a stand-in for as a set, and not yeah. the actual setting. Right, um, and yeah, they they do it. Like, I mean, it's because of Domi Shi again, right? Because she's from here, she grew up in that time, that era, so she she represents a whole lot of things. Well, everything as as iconic as the Sky Dome, right? Our our big um, uh, uh, baseball uh, stadium where the Blue Jays play, uh, down to the Daisy Mart. The place mm-hmm. that like convenience store, like that's a, that's a literal chain of like, uh, convenience stores that we have here, bodegas, if you will, um, that, you know, we all went to as kids, uh, going up here, um, which I thought was like very, very touching to see all those details. And she did a, you know, her team did a spectacular job. Apparently they had to, because it was a pandemic, they had to like just troll through Street View and get mm-hmm. a sense of like Chinatown and Toronto, but they did a really good job. And the, the one detail I'll share is that, um, there's this one building they show in it. It's a building that's like across the street from their um, uh, May's house. When they open the door, you see it. It's this brick building with like a kind of like lower level and a higher level. Okay. Um, a brown big brick building, which just looks like, it just completely looks like filler, like some background building, right? which it is, right? For the movie. But for me, as someone who spent a lot of time in, in Chinatown, um, in Toronto, it was like, that was like the place where my mom and dad took me to eat pho on Saturdays. No way. Right throughout my childhood. <laughs> That's awesome. Right, and and it looks exactly like that building, and um, you know, so the, I just you know, as a as a person who who grew up in the setting, it they did a great job, like a really excellent job capturing that place, and it was That's cool awesome. to see it. Also, very surreal to see it on the screen because again, it's never shown. Like there's there's actually there actually are a few dozen movies that take place actually in Toronto, but no one talks about them, right? Um, and I think it's like it, it's it's kind of like I think it's important <laughs> that this kind of thing happens, not because I'm just you know, standing Toronto, but because like the reality is that most Americans, you talk about like American media, they don't live in fucking New York City. Okay. No, they, they don't, they don't yeah. live and a lot of them don't live in LA either. Nope. A lot of them actually live in cities and towns that are closer to the size and the sprawl of a Toronto, mm-hmm. right? right? Than a right. and than a New York City. Like a New York City is a it's a mega city, okay? It's its own special thing. I get it, right? And like I totally get it. Like there's <laughs> not gonna be as much impact if like the aliens and the Avengers destroys like a Chicago, right? Or like, you know, uh, Austin over like fucking Manhattan, right? They got to destroy Manhattan because that's, that's big impact. Right. So, I totally get it. But in terms of like having a movie that has making, making art that has broader appeal, I think it is important to show those other cities we have in, in, um, you know, in the West here, right? In, in mm-hmm. North America. Mm-hmm. So, that's my feel there. And then the last thing I'll say is that I think it actually is a perfect place to situate an Asian American movie because yeah. Toronto has a, massive Asian American population. In fact, Toronto is actually like the, the most diversity. Yeah. Um, it's the most diversity on the planet if you if you by by population, like by number of people who are minorities. This yeah, is this right. is that city, right? And you know, very much so lots of East Asian Americans and lots of actually even more <laughs> South Asian America uh, sorry, East Asian Canadians and South Asian uh, folks living in the city as well. So it's actually a really good setting for a quote unquote Asian American movie. Um, Asian Canadian movie in this case. So anyway, that's my rant. I, I I thought it was great. I thought she did a really good job, Domi Shi and her team um, on the city. It was really cool, really surreal, weird to see. And I, I think it was actually kind of distracting because I was spending so much time looking for those details with my wife, right? Um, as opposed <laughs> to like right. paying attention to the story. So maybe it, it left me with a bit of a rosy lens for the movie. Um, but I, I thought it was a yeah, fantastic job there. That's Yeah, no, you, you make a good point. I mean, I, I think... Um, I think it's great that you had that reaction to it. I mean, um, I mean, I don't, I don't know Toronto. Yeah, I, I grew up in the you know, around the New York area. I lived in New York. 
So yeah, like I can understand people being like, why is, and we, the, the my wife and I, when we were watching movies or um, TV shows that are supposed to be set in New York, we're always trying to figure out whether it's actually New York or whether they're trying to pass like Vancouver, <laughs> Vancouver or yeah, Toronto yeah, exactly. off as yeah. New York. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Not because like, we're like, how dare they do that? It's more just like, we find it funny. Yeah. Um, and amusing that they would try to do that. Um, I'll, I'll ask the two of you one question as, as uh, Americans watching this movie, you know, taking place yeah. in, in Canada and in Toronto specifically. Was it weird when all the money was blue? You know, Honestly, how they had all, they uh, yeah. Pay, yeah. Um, all those bills are trying to pay. I noticed like, that the money was different, but I just didn't care. <laughs> I just like, it's money. Okay. They're raising, you know, they're trying I to raise money. I just went with so. it too. Yeah. yeah like, so I was I, like, I, I mean, we've already accepted that she's a red panda. <laughs> yeah. So. It's sort of like, how dare they miscolor the money? Um, but uh, yeah, no, yeah. I was just more like, because I didn't actually, it didn't um, hit me that it was a period piece. Like it was not sort of in modern times mm -hmm. uh, until I, I think my wife Chung pointed it out. And is it um, the flip phones or something or the Tamagotchi? Yeah, I did, no, I it? saw the flip phone and I'm like, oh, that's sort of weird. Maybe it's not. Yeah, and, that, and then and she's the kids like, Dude, pointed it's like out that it, the Tamagotchis to me, and they also pointed out they were the ones that pointed out that it was Toronto to me. Mm -hmm. Oh, there you go. Um, I saw the Tamagotchi, but I'm like, those have come back, so it could yeah, be now. All yeah, the kids have, have them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I'm like, those are sort of, the, they've come back, but yeah. My so daughter they, has like three of them right now. Oh, oh my God. Okay. <laughs> Constantly cleaning They're like up the group. big thing now that everyone has on their backpacks. That's oh cool. my God, it's 2002 all over again. There there's you go. A, there's a lot of things in Turning Red that are like, you know, they're obviously said in 2002, but also called kind of forward to the present day. Yeah. Like the yeah. language, some of the language the kids use, yeah. like it's more Gen yeah. Z styling and so yeah. on. And, but also at the same time, like Gen Z, like younger and younger um, Gen Z, the kids who would be like in middle or high school now um, watching this movie, they would have like fashion and stuff that actually harkens back to the early aughts, you know? They do. Yeah. So they like, definitely, yeah. The younger generation does not like skinny jeans. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the fashion cycle has sort of come around to the 2000s. To that time, yeah. And right? the Tamagotchis is a perfect example of an accessory, yeah. right? That mm -hmm. would be popular in school. Um, um, Jan, Jan, Jan Sports. There was a Jan Sport. Um, is a revival uh, of Jan Sports? Yeah. yeah Jan Sport is wow. like the new hot backpack because that's what. Um, with like the leather bottoms, remember the, yeah, like the, the leather, leather brown leather bottoms. That's what yeah. all three kids have. Oh my yeah. god! And that Jan was what was hot back in 2002, and there yeah. was one that showed up in the movie as well. So that's awesome. So it's actually the whole thing's well timed. Like the, I mean, I don't know if it was, it was a clever part on Domushi or the or Pixar's. Like you know, uh, right? Uh, it was their ideation, but like the fact that they set a movie in 2002 actually makes it still relevant to today, which is maybe why the vibes of the movie. Did well with your kids, Eliza. I'm just guessing right, here, but you know, they can, like, all the little accessories, all the yeah, like, yeah I guess they can you, relate to it. The like, quote unquote so world building of it. They, they called out that it was you know in Toronto, but they called it, it was in 2002, or is that it doesn't matter almost, right? Like mm -hmm. it just maybe it just looks like today to them. I uh, think it looks like present day to them, even though they said it was 2002, and then right, yeah, they just I said mean, everything's the same anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> that's the, yeah, that's the thing. Like they didn't. Excuse me. Not much of it you could say was just because of like really place it in 2002 squarely other than maybe the flip phone, but there are still some people who use those. So, I mean. Yeah. And, and, and boy bands, right. But they had a Korean guy right. in the boy bands. So yeah, exactly. So, there's a Korean guy in it. I'm like, how many Korean guys were in American boy bands back in 2002? Zero. Absolutely like zero? zero, right? Yeah. So, and I, uh, the good I news also, is that I don't even think my kids would notice that, that there were no Korean guys. <laughs> No, I, I, I know that. That's good. But like, <laughs> I, I also just found it funny that um, one of the three, one of the five <laughs> members of Four Town <laughs> were, uh, was this um, black French guy. Mm -hmm. Like, so they didn't have a white French guy. <laughs> yeah, it was right. a black French guy because there are. I mean, uh, yeah. you know, they're, they're black French guys. Sure. And um, the, the only <laughs> thing that was like, made him unique was that he spoke French. I just found that hilarious. They're like, and Robert, he speaks French. And that's like why he's talented and cool. <laughs> and then they go, um, the other guys are talented too. Yeah, like, yeah they're, too. they're talented too, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that was, the, I mean, that was a, a, a fun thing, I think, about the movie was the, the stupid boy band they made up, right? Was like, yeah. And, and not just the boy band, but the boys, like Devin, the guy who works at Daisy Mart. That's and right. Like, yeah. That like, that like kind of gothy uh, Asian kid that, um, that she has that's eyes right. for when she's hitting puberty. Like they're all just like these shitty dopey, you know, middle school kids because that's Tyler. what they were. Like, we were all like boring, you know, idiotic. What was um, Tyler's kids, ethnicity? But, 
I think he was Indian. He's some sort of South Asian. Oh, yeah, or maybe da- I, no. His dad, I believe, his, his, his no. His dad, I think, is uh, maybe Jamaican. He had a oh, Caribbean. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah that makes yeah. sense. He, so he's half, and his mom's white. There's but a lot. They of, live in a gigantic house. Yeah, they live. <laughs> so, so the background there is that um, her, her their dad is probably Caribbean, Caribbean because there's a lot of Caribbean black folks in Toronto. Mm. So this is very this is very accurate, right? Mm-hmm. Right, um, I, right. I'm not sure how likely that they would you know be to live in a giant house, but the house was in a part of town probably the annex which is a very rich part of downtown toronto um so yeah so i mean very much so like it's it's well represented in that in that sense right so he was he was a half half kid i did have a question for i think liza is probably because you're the you're the woman on the uh, on the pod but um the like in the first 30 or 40 minutes of the movie um may's mom is just acting like a psycho i mean she like Maylin draws those pictures and she sees them and then like they drive to like the Daisy Mart. That's like was so crazy. And I'm like, I thought it that, was. Does that happen? I thought it was I a dream. Almost, like yeah, I, I thought it was, it was a dream, but it actually yeah. happens. So like, is that? I don't know. Like, how did you react to that? I thought she was a little bit nuts. I wouldn't do yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, it's ex- it's obviously exaggerated. But the whole point was that that part wasn't about puberty yet. That part was no, about no. that second theme in the movie, which is about her like relationship with her mom. Right, mom. Like she, she was trying to recreate, like I totally got it after seeing that sequence. I was like, okay, she's trying to recreate the sense that every teenage girl has of like her, your mom or your dad mortifying you in some way. Yeah, no, right? I got like, that. Was, but I felt yeah. like it was just sort of, I, I could Especially see how Especially some- when they're like over, I think they were just trying to emphasize. The overprotectiveness. And maybe, maybe they went like, you know, they went really hard because they're, they're you know, they got to get the point across to little right. kids. Right. That yeah. it's a very overprotective mom. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and I, I, but as I was watching it, I was like, okay, I get that, but I could see people who want to criticize the film um, mm-hmm. along sort of that identity politics or sort of that woke, oh, like the psycho Asian, yeah, it could be like this is just another right, just another representation of like a psycho Asian mom and the tiger parenting, and like we don't need any more of that, or I guess would, maybe the anti woke crap. Would, would that be? So the- I was like, <laughs> oh, this I didn't love that, but. I got why it was supposed to show, like what it was supposed to show. I, I can mm-hmm. see that critique, but I can also see, you know, the so-called blue checks of color or whatever, looking at that and being mm-hmm. like, yeah, <laughs> this movie represents me because that was what I went through because my mom was that shitty. I can also see that. That's true. That yeah. view point as well. Yeah. I, I haven't really been going on Which Twitter. Which would to be what, worse. Which would be worse. And I'm sure it, it comes up, right? I mean, um, and, and I'm sure it's probably happened to somebody, but I just felt it was like a little over the top, but. Maybe, but but you know, we're talking about a movie where a woman, a girl, turns into a red panda. So, you know, <laughs> maybe know. it's okay from that sense. Um, and it was sort of just in such contrast to contrast to her dad, who um, he's so laid back. He's yeah. so laid back. Like you have no uh, and and I kind of find it refre- in a way that it was sort of a reversal, where like a lot of like the. Um, coming of age movies that are more focused on boys like Mm -hmm. the mom is sort of non-existent in a way um and well because when you're coming of age i think that when you turn into a teenager it's always going to be the same gender in your household that you exactly exactly have the most tension with so like girls Mm -hmm. teenage girls are going to fight with their mothers more than their dads and teenage boys are going to have it out with their fathers. Right, That's exactly. That's always how it works. Yeah, no, exactly. So, I just found it refreshing that it was sort of like a reversal um, where like it's mo- more people are, are used to sort of the coming of age from the boy side. Mm-hmm. And, and this was obviously about women and mothers and that relationship. And so, it was sort of, you know, the, the dad was sort of just in the background because like what's he going to do uh, in no, sort of talking to his daughter? This is like a... About, this is like a period right. allegory. Right, yeah. exactly. So, what's the dude <laughs> going to do, right? Do? What's he going to say? He, he has a couple of moments so. though, right? Like we, we talked about how he, oh, he does, he, yeah. He ends up like a couple of times being like, maybe she wants to be the red panda. Maybe this right. is, she wants to embrace that and we should be okay with it as parents. Right. Which I thought was good um, too. I mean, he was coming at it from a more like just general parenting angle, right? Yeah. Um, I so. mean, at the end of the day, like the, the conflicts of the parents and stuff, like this movie, net net by the end of the movie, it doesn't just shit on Asian parents, right? It doesn't no, just it doesn't. throw them under the yeah. bus, right? In fact, it, it depicts the dad quite well, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And it, it depicts the, the mother going through a, you know, a, a kind of epiphany and transformation by the end. Um, yeah, and the grandmother right? too. And the grandmother mm-hmm. as well, right? So, and, and you know, there is that aspect. And, and I actually want to read a quote that, I mean, Chris, who's absent here, um, said in our, our chat, which I thought was interesting. Um, which is this idea that like all these movies and again, going back to the idea of the quote Asian American movie, right? With the conflict between 
second generation American and the parents. It's all about, this is the quote, it's all about the bittersweet and inevitable march towards assimilation. Um, you know, the with that last scene, and this is a brief spoiler of her kind of like at the very end, you know, reconciling everything, but then in the end still going out with her friends for karaoke, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and leaving the parents behind at the temple to work and so on, right? You know, choosing to side with with whatever with the with with Canada or with America, <laughs> right? Um, and and being you know more Canadian than Asian, right? There's that aspect of it, but I didn't. It didn't in this case. Know. It didn't come off as offensive to me, you know. No, because of like there was gestures in there. There was like the the, the friends being like, "Oh, we get to come back to your dad's cooking. Awesome, you know." Yeah, there was, yeah. It wasn't like we're gone forever. Yeah, she was just sort of like, "You're letting me be a teenager, but I'm mm-hmm. still going to be part of the family." It's not yeah. like right. Um, yeah, they still run a temple, so it's not like unless she's going to like <laughs> never go home again, like or never help out again. And she, in fact, she she's bought into it, right? She's yeah, being the red panda to like make more money for the temple of anything, <laughs> right? Right. So it, it's a pretty happy ending in that sense. I mean, yeah, there is still this kind of like lean towards assimilation, right? And it's more of a, I think if, I see it as more of like a lean to, lean towards growing up because that's the exactly whole, that's the whole kind of story, right? Is is uh, going through puberty and growing up. She um, grows up and she still stays with the family. Yeah, yeah, and is and is more supportive of the family even, right? Right, mm-hmm. so, because they let her they let her be herself and keep the panda. Yeah. So as far right. as like you know Asian American stories go, like that's a pretty positive outcome, mm-hmm. right? Well, I think it's a positive outcome for any family. To be honest, like everyone has to go want, through yeah. some period of like separating from the family in some sense and being independent as adults or just growing up. And I think every family goes through that to some extent, um, well, e- even though there might be some cultural um, uniqueness to everyone's background. Um, but I think, it, I, yeah, so like, and I was saying this because like we were going through the notes and everything and, and that quote came up, but like, I, I don't see Asian Americans sort of living in a world of, okay, we're in Canada, we're not living in China, um, and I'm going to participate in the culture I'm in or in the in the country I'm in mm-hmm. as being quote unquote assimilation. Like you're just living your life in the environment you're in. Well um, isn't Toronto like so. super, super Asian anyway? Parts of it is, yeah. Parts of it yeah. have enclaves and stuff. Sure. It's not like she lives in Kansas, you know? <clears throat> no. Right. And, no. Like, yeah, and if and that's assimilation like what right? like, her, her friends groups like another Asian girl, uh South Asian girl. Priya. Uh, Priya. Yeah. We have Priya <laughs> And Abby, who's the Korean Korean Canadian, yeah. and she's and- my favorite. Abby, <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's a, hilarious. She's a fucking psycho. We love it. Yeah, um, you and, want and her the- if like you're in the dark alley, like you want her. In the- <laughs> um, and, and the one, notably, the one white girl in her group is like obviously not like a yeah, yeah kind of a, maybe kind of tomboyish and not kind of like a typical you know blonde cheerleader Stacy Becky, right? So. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, those, I mean, those groups are pretty real. Those definitely exist. Certainly these, um, you know, South Asian girls hung out with the East Asian girls uh, yeah. in, in schools here and stuff. So it's not like it's, it's made up. It's not like made they're up all fucking. in the advanced classes together. <laughs> that's yeah, true. That's they, they are, right? <laughs> but you know what I also liked about this coming of age thing in this sort of middle, uh, middle school or just a coming of age thing is that they weren't focused. The movie wasn't focused on them uh, being sad or like trying to become cool. Like they mm-hmm. were just in their own world together. It was about the family, you know, it was about getting to Fort Town, getting to the concert. That's all it was. It wasn't like this, some, some sort of angst about the fact we aren't cool. Yeah. You know, because I, I I just find that type of plot where like this person Uh, who's the main character. So yeah. Who has like a group of great friends, but somehow like hates all their friends or doesn't think their friends are cool enough. So they want to like, such a tired trope. Let's let it go. Tired trope. Right. Like, that that person who's the protagonist trying to like escape their group of like friends who are ride or die, that is not the good guy. That is not the like good person. You yeah. don't want to like emulate that person. <laughs> like, you know? So I, I like that. I like that they, it was sort of like she wanted to be with her friends, right? Because her friends had her back. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't think about that. It's true. Um, yeah, good on, good on Pixar for putting out like a slightly alternative, you know, come of age story. I was very impressed. I have been impressed by the two new movies that the two major studios put out recently, like this one and The Batman. I was impressed. Yeah, we got to watch that one too and review that one. 
I'm waiting. I'm waiting for yeah. the rest of Plan A to go see it. So <laughs> yeah. I There's feel a, like Adam, you're gonna be you're gonna be the first one out of everybody else to go see it. Yeah, yeah you gotta, I mean, you're the I want to go, go see it. Um, I'm I'm not ready for theaters just yet. So in Toronto, anyway. So haven't yeah. seen. I, I do want to see it. I have been seeing a lot of um uh TikToks of of like guys being mopey in everyday life, and the whole huh? thing is like, this is what I my life's been like since I watched the the Batman. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> okay. Um, and there's some song that sounds like it's from, I don't know, like from like the 90s grunge era that plays It's over Nirvana, it. something in the way. It's Nir- oh, okay. It's Nirvana. Okay. I thought it was Nirvana. Yeah. <laughs> it, I'm sure it was in the movie or whatever. But anyways, I want to- It's wanna, in the movie. It's I in the trailer too. That. I want to know all about that. So, But all the right, original well. score for the movie is very good. It's just that they, they throw in Nirvana, something in the way, like <laughs> in the middle of the movie. Hmm. I don't know. I feel like Nirvana for like the vibe of the Batman from the trailers are like, I know that the trailers actually are pretty misleading for what type of movie the Batman is. <laughs> That's what um, I thought. I didn't think that the yeah. trailers and the movie match. But I think mm. that they're setting up at least like the mopey sort of like emo Batman in the trailers and Nirvana would be the perfect soundtrack for that. Yeah. So, totally. um, but yeah, no, I'm excited to see it. Like I'll probably, I'll try to find a time cause we do, a, we have a, a, a theater and um, yeah, like, cause I mean, we could always wait for it to come out on HBO, but I feel like I'll I'll come see it and then we'll we'll schedule a pod about it, um, mm-hmm. which is a completely different movie than Turning Red. But um, <laughs> it's so violent. Yeah. Um, it, I, the, my favorite scene, I guess, like we could close with just sort of like maybe our favorite parts yeah. of mm-hmm. the movie. But I think just the scene that got me laughing the most, or I found the most amusing, was the dodgeball scene. <laughs> And um, every one of them, it, it was, and it goes to that that sort of character um, design, right? And so yeah. how good Pixar is at designing the characters and then being consistent with that rep of how those characters are represented throughout the whole movie. So, mm-hmm. and, and, and I just felt like the dodgeball scene, they were all playing the dodgeball exactly like their characters you'd expect them to. <laughs> Um, and mm-hmm. how Priya would like barely move to dodge, but she was like Neo in the Matrix. Um and that just sort of went with the whole vibe that she had of like sort of this languid, like gothy, um, you know, but just, you know, awesome chick. And then like Abby was just sort of like this <laughs> feral rabid, like she had two two balls in her hands and like she caught the ball in her teeth like a couple of times. And like, I don't know. I just, I love Abby that Abby rules. She would be like my best friend. So, uh, is she, she so is she supposed to be Korean? Yes. Okay. Because yeah. she like sometimes mutters some stuff. Yeah, it was I all did, Korean. I, all I didn't Korean, catch okay. it, but I could tell it was, was Korean. <laughs> My favorite scene is the concert scene when she is like having it out with her mom and she starts like twerking. That's right. Oh, and her that mom, was funny don't too. be crass. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, do you like that? Do you like that? Take that. <laughs> but it's so funny when it's in the background, when there's like another scene yeah, yeah, happening yeah. in the foreground yeah, yeah, yeah. and you can still away. see, yeah, you can see the little, the little red panda in the background twerking. Small red panda butt, yeah. Well, but she, it's so funny, but she's not even small. It's just that her mom is like Godzilla size. Enormous. She's like yeah. the size of the stadium. Yeah. She's like taller. <laughs> she's Godzilla. And like, yeah. And then she like. She turns into Kaiju. She's Kaiju mom. Yeah. And and like, it's so funny because like, she's like, mom's huge. And the dad's like, I told you she was big. <laughs> There was a there was a very short clip of when she when the mom was approaching the stadium before they realized she was there and she's yeah. like walking oh. between skyscrapers and her eyes oh, yeah. are red and just is like a black silhouette. Was yeah. that like a is that a scene rip from Godzilla? I feel Probably. like it was right. Probably, Probably. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. The whole thing was definitely kaiju very, yeah. for sure, for sure. Yeah. If it's not like ripped from, I mean, <clears throat> there's so many Godzilla movies and so many monster movies of people, you know, them and they're all on HBO city. right now yeah. too. Oh, yeah. So it's like if it's not. <laughs> directly Godzilla then it's inspired by that whole thing mm-hmm. yeah. so I don't, I don't know if I would pick out a uh, favorite scene but I'll, I'll call it a couple favorite characters I really liked the the Priya character um, yeah. played by <laughs> I don't have to pronounce her name Maitreyi Ramakrishnan she, where is she from she's from uh, uh, Never Have Ever right from the oh okay the so that's series. who she yeah. is alright yeah she's great and she's from Mississauga so she's actually um, the other Canadian actress Asian Canadian mm-hmm. actress if you will next to Sandra Oh um, there was an interview uh uh, not an interview, like a short short bit about the uh, the movie um, on on Friday on the radio, like the local radio, um, where they mentioned Sandra Oh, but they didn't mention um, uh, Matrei. And I was like, hey, she's like kind of a bigger deal now because she's she's like this growing star here and stuff. And anyway, yeah, she was yeah. a perfect pick for Priya because of her like kind of sardonic delivery of being like a very 
you know, kind of um, angsty, angsty teen. Um, and I thought it was cool that like they would depict this kind of Daisy character as more of a goth <laughs> than than as like a stereotypical, you know, uh, South Asian girl who would hang out with other other like Asian girls, right, right? like as right. nerdy or whatever. Um, so that I mean, just just a really cool character, really really great writing, great lines from that character. I, mean, I also like really like Mr. Gao, the uh, the old guy. Is he the one that's voiced <laughs> by James Hong? I don't know from, who the uh, voice Big actor Trouble was. in Little China. Um, maybe, guy? yeah. He's the old is guy, he, right? He's the in damn, every movie yeah. that has any Asian. <laughs> he's got to be in every Asian movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> he was good. It was just funny that he's just like dressed like a regular like Asian grandpa in Chinatown, and he's also the shaman. He's the shaman. Yeah, <laughs> he's like his side gig or something. Um, he's so been I, a shaman I, for fifty years. Don't, <laughs> don't forget. Yeah. Anyway, great character design. It was good shit from Pixar, um, mm-hmm. and great great set design too, of course. Um, yeah, it was good. Good movie. We recommend it. Yeah, check uh, it out. I mean, I think I think a lot of people who maybe listen to Escape from Plan A and Verified Accounts, like they they often hear us like trash on movies like this, like this kind of quote. Asian That's American because genre Chris movie. makes us um, hate watch so much stuff. Yeah, we, we, there's definitely <laughs> bad stuff out there, right? But I think this one's like, you got to fucking watch it for yourself, right? Um, and I think there's a lot of things that, you know, a lot of tropes that it just kind of sidesteps, I think, and does a better mm-hmm. job of treating the themes in Asian American movies. So, I, I suggest folks check it out for sure. Yeah, make a decision for yourself. You know, yeah. watch it. If you don't like it, then you don't like it. If you do, you do. It's on Disney Plus. Right. Um, and it's free for Di- on Disney Plus if you have a Disney Plus subscription. You don't have yeah. to pay the extra bit, bit fee. Of a, bit of a bummer it wasn't um, a wide theater release, right? Yeah, agreed. Was Why of, wasn't uh, it? I don't know. I think I wonder if it had to do with like the have other movies that were anything? going straight to Disney Plus. I mean, they put out the Batman and they put out like Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah, but I don't I think mean, any of their- they're putting stuff out. I mean, they're even putting out like smaller movies in the theater. Like That's true. No one's going to see Death on the Nile and that's out in the theaters. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> Don't, don't. It's the one with uh, the Gal Gadot clip that went viral. You know, yeah, the one where okay. she's like, enough champagne to fill the Nile. That one? <laughs> okay. It's, it's no. also, I think it's because it's uh, Kenneth Branagh too, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so he has he, Belfast out right now, which is up for Best Picture. I yeah. know, the DVD's waiting for me at the library, so when I go there oh, tomorrow, it's, it's, I'm going to pick it's it up. It's mid-March. It's going to be fucking Oscar season soon. Oh, man. Yeah. Why is that? It's Oscar season in two weeks, March 26th. Shit. No, twenty seventh is the uh, the big day. Big day. It's my big day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I don't. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I don't know why they wouldn't have have taken the leap. Maybe, maybe they thought similar to uh, other people that it was like niche. Or but- is it because it's like, is it a vaccination thing? Because the target audience really is young. Could be that where they figured I maybe somehow doubt they were thinking that hard about yeah, protecting. That's true. They don't care about anybody, do they? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Jungle, I don't know. As you said, Jungle Cruise is well, coming. I mean, the out, truth so. is that if 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 it wasn't on Disney Plus, if it wasn't streaming, I don't think that we would have seen it. I probably would not have gone to the theater to see this. Particular I don't. Movie. I wouldn't either. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to pay. I'm not going to pay for this one. Yeah. I, I would have gone because, like your daughter, I was tracking this movie since it was first announced. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, part- they woke up at seven o'clock in the morning. They set the alarm clock, and they all woke up to yeah, watch. Yeah, they, they might have bugged you to go see it, right? To like, watch, yeah. So you know, that's the best thing with think with like kids. I mean, like Mikey and bugged stuff. me about seeing the Batman, and the only reason I said yes was because the tickets were free. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm not ready for theaters yet either. I'm with yeah. I'm with Philip. I'm all not right. there yet. How did, I'm not. Oh. I'm not ready for restaurants, and I'm not ready for theaters. Oh, so you're, but you were able to go to like a more, um, like closed event for the Batman, right? So like a when they screening? did, yeah, it was a private screening that they only had like, um, they only filled up like a third of the. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And the way that the theater was set up is like it's one of those new theaters where everything is like a lazy boy, and then there's yeah, like a yeah, wall yeah, yeah. in between mm-hmm. each row. Yep, yep. So you're you're like you know. The closest person next to you is still like four feet away because <laughs> okay. the chairs oh, yeah. are so big. Yeah, yeah. So you felt okay about that in part because you I got- felt fine for that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of the Oscars and theaters, the last movie I saw in a theater was um, Drive My Car back in like November or December. Nice. And that's up that's, big time for us. That's on HBO Oscar. right now, right? Or is it Netflix? Is it? No, it's on HBO right now. HBO. Okay. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's it's on my uh, to do list to go to, to watch oh, yeah. before it's on the my Oscars. To watch list yeah, as well. Big contender for Oscar wins. So check it out. Before the Batman, my last time in the theater was um, Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, God. Two? <laughs> in like, in, oh, one, uh, the first well, one. Yeah. In 20, oh, what shit. is that, 2020? 
Yeah, 2020, I think. Yeah, I think it was like December of, no, no, January of 2020, and then everything yeah. shut down in like a month and a half. Wow, uh, you need that a was my last time. You need like a really good one for like your first <laughs> well, the movie Batman, back. Well, the Batman was it. Okay, there uh, you go. That's yeah. true. That's true. There you go, yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> Sonic was good. It was okay. <laughs> hey, Ben Schwartz It was really entertaining. Good. Like for for like the 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 run up where like there was a controversy about how he looked, right? Like there was a whole oh, thing yeah, about how because he they, looked, well, he they, did look awful, right? They so they it, fixed though, it, right? <laughs> the point is they fixed it. So. They fixed it, but for like so they that's what I think face. soured people. But yeah, I mean it was a it was a competent movie, right? I mean it was fun, like so. But Adam didn't like it. He's being generous. <laughs> yeah, it, it was just not great. <laughs> I mean, and, and look, like, but I, I come from a like I was I'm such a huge like video game nerd that like yeah, Sonic yeah. was like my childhood thing, and mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. for like this to come out, I'm like, oh god, yeah, you know. But it is what it is. I like Chris Pine, so. <laughs> All right, so um, thanks for listening uh, to this episode of um, Unverified Accounts on the uh, you know Plan A Magazine. Uh, I'm Adam. Uh, and uh, thanks for joining me, uh, Philip and Eliza. Bye, everyone. Thanks, y'all. Bye. See ya.